everybody. Welcome to Game Ghost. Today is March 30th, 2021. Season 3, episode 26. My name is Dan Curry. Um, it's a beautiful day outside in Michigan. I hope if you are in the area and it's beautiful where you are, you got to go outside too. Clinton, did you go outside today? No. No? No. What'd you do? You stay inside playing video games? I watched Naruto all day. Naruto, eh? Nice. Clinton's on a little uh, hiatus from work. Well, you don't need to tell everyone my creature. business. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so go to his house at <laughs> this address. Now, uh, what games have you been playing recently, Clinton? Um, what about Neil? How's Neil doing? Uh, no one cares. <laughs> Just kidding. Neil, how are you doing? If we're gonna ask you, I'm doing. Let's know how you're doing. I'm doing great. Um, I learned I learned a valuable lesson over the weekend, and uh, that is, if if you are buying a house, don't tell anybody you've bought a house, much like a couple who just got pregnant, until the inspector comes. Because <laughs> the inspector can have very bad news for you. Yep, yep. Um, so I have not bought a house, thank God. There were <laughs> there were squirrels living in the wall, and I forgot what the dude said. He was like, there are unfixable fire hazards dating back to like the 1940s. I don't know how it's made it this long. <laughs> So I'm back on the market, houses. So if you have a house that you would like to sell <laughs> in the Lansing area to Neil, let us know. No, I'm doing I'm doing very well. Uh, my brother-in-law and sister are coming to New York for the first time and since they left almost two and a half years ago. And they will they are both vaccinated. It's been and... that long since they moved. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow. Um that's exciting. Fun stuff. Yeah. It's gonna be a good weekend. Uh, all right, Clinton, you ready to tell us what you're playing now? No. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I've been playing some league here and there. Um, but other than that, not too much. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I don't think I've played anything but league. Um, no. Yeah. I played some fourteen. Right. <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. But not much of that. I uh, finally broke down and bought it though so people can trade things to me and stuff so what were you playing like some kind of free version before yeah you can play like each character class up to 60 or something gotcha and i was yeah getting close to that on one character class and then uh everyone was complaining that they couldn't trade anything to me and stuff so broke down <laughs> and bought it. gotcha gotcha uh neil what have you been playing i've been playing Two things. Uh, Apex, still good. And Fallout 76. 76. Yeah. 76. Oh, I guess which I played is, some uh... of that, too. Oh, yeah, you did. Play a little bit of that with us. Which, um, I, oh, I've i hit, uh, Dan and I have both hit the quote-unquote max level of 50. It's not really max level, but it's when you start doing end-game stuff. And uh, I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. I, there's a tinge of me that's like, I don't really know what to do yet. I don't know if I'm on a grind, but then I start playing and I have fun anyway. So, yeah, um, there was a time a couple of weeks ago where we were playing and I and then then like everyone got off and I or I can't remember exactly what's happening. Somehow I ended up being alone and I was like, do I want to play this by myself? And I kind of started searching for another game to play and maybe I was playing Paper Mario. And as I've like been researching more about it, like every, that's the only game I played the whole week. I have not picked up Paper Mario. I don't even know if I will uh, anymore. I kind of felt like that's going to get repetitive. 
Um, and I just haven't had the urge to play anything but Fallout 76. Um, so there's a lot more to do, it seems, for us. I know some higher-level players are starting to complain there's not as much content. Um, and there's kind of a content lull. But for someone who hasn't played in a long time, like we still haven't launched a nuke, um, which you need to do uh, for two of the endgame bosses and to get like endgame materials and stuff. And I'm just full, f- I'm, I'm for it. Like I've, I think the thing that's doing it for me is I've always wanted to like an MMO. Uh, Cause like I like logging into an MMO, seeing a character that's really high level and being like, wow, look at all the cool stuff they have. I want to be that person. Um, however, I don't usually like MMO like play styles, you know, like I had fun with World of Warcraft, but I couldn't see myself hanging on that much. ESO was the closest I've gotten. Um, but Fallout kind of has that mix of kind of online, kind of not. Um, it doesn't have an MMO, like it just feels like Fallout when you play. Um, so I'm enjoying it. And I like when I come into my camp, I'm like, I have a pretty cool camp. Like if I was a new player, I'd be like, this thing's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> not compared to someone I saw the other day that was level 900 and made a spaceship. But, you know. Yeah, the creativity of the far. the creativity of the community of uh, the community is really uh is uh, has been quite a sight to see and and the, the the generosity which is a weird word to use in a video game but I mean like people have been really nice and we don't even talk people will just like show up and if they see you're a level thirty character uh they'll just they'll drop stuff to you that's just you know it's gold it's exactly what you need and more. And it's probably nothing to a level 300 and they just walk away and you're like, wow, that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. People are really nice in the game and um, really nice, like on the, on the community. And I think Clinton, you, you mentioned it, just the fact that like people who don't like the game have left and people who really like the game and enjoy it stick around at this point. And um, yeah, it, it's great. I, I really enjoy it. And I, I just think about logging on and looking for screws. What's That's Charlie true. mad about? Charlie's not mad. He is, um, so he not, he hasn't, I wouldn't want to say he's not been feeling well. He's been very itchy recently. Our dog Charlie is a basset hound. He's not usually itchy dog. Something happened and he's got some kind of skin infection. He's been extremely itchy and he can't do anything but scratch. Um, so we've gotten some medication and stuff and he's finally starting to feel better. So he's trying to play with Schuster. Ah. Our other dog. And that's that's the long story of why he's yelling, because he's excited that he's not scratching, I guess. I'd be excited too, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to see him because you feel bad, you know, when uh, when your dog's just like itchy and you're like, geez, I take him to the vet. So, but yeah, uh, Clinton, what are your thoughts on? I know you only played for, I mean, but you've been playing popping in and out. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't get anything going. I just like I would log in and. I don't know. That's kind of my thing with a lot of games like that, though, is that I just end up logging in and just kind of standing around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I don't know. I I enjoyed the, the quests that I've been doing have been interesting and kind of compelling. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. It didn't hold any kind of, like, I don't know. I won't, I won't say sway, but, like, it didn't hold yeah. any kind of, like, sticking power over yeah. me. So I don't know. I don't, and like, if you guys are playing it, I'll pop in and kind of run around with you or whatever if I yeah. feel like getting on the Xbox or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. It was, it's a Fallout game, and I'm not a huge, I'm not crazy about Fallout games. So, right. And I think that's 
good now in a way like the fact that you're like it's a fallout game and i don't like fallout that much yeah uh whereas in the past it was like if you like fallout don't play this because it's broken yeah <laughs> it's now it's like if you like fallout you should try this game yeah i mean it doesn't feel broken at all it feels like a fleshed out and fully functioning game and i didn't run into any bugs at all like any other than kind of some graphic glitches here and there but nothing yeah. that was even close to like hampering my fun or ability to play and the like i said the the stories are there so if you enjoy fallout storytelling it's all there uh yeah the some of the mechanics are different obviously because it's a different kind of different style of game but the the story and the aesthetic is all there so if you enjoy that it's it's there for you uh but yeah i mean the the gameplay is very similar to uh fallout it's just the kind of like leveling mechanics and the kind of character building back end of it that's different yeah i think one of their biggest mistakes i'm still not a huge fan of it like it was kind of a good idea but i think someone said yes to it too fast is when you level up you pick a perk card they give it they then, turn it into like a gotcha like you have yeah, to get lucky really, and get the perk card that you need and like the one that you want and if you don't you're just kind of like all right well guess next level maybe and yeah like, so you get to pick one and those ones seem to be pretty like if it shows up on one level it'll be there again the next level yeah um, but then you open up these packs and um every five or ten levels that are just random and you might get ones that are like higher level or better and i don't know it's just kind of weird and it's also weird because it's like lock pick you can put it under your perception so um but you can also take the cards out and put new ones in so if you had a perception for rifles you could put that in and have that in all the time and you're walking around shooting and uh using your perception to help your rifle uh, attack. And you come across a safe and you can go into your menu and just flip out and it's really weird because it doesn't feel very permanent and it also just like adds this weird like why are you making me go into the menu to access my lock picking skill? Like yeah. I would have much rather them had kept it just normal in the past you pick something and yeah. it stayed and you had it. Um and I feel like that game would work really well with just kind of the normal fallout leveling through the special mm-hmm. kind of thing. And yeah and just yeah, I'm not sure like what the yeah what the rationale behind changing it was, but it just yeah it turns it into like a gotcha kind of like gameplay loop of like oh I didn't get the one I want like if I just level one more time I can get the maybe get the the next star of my carrying capacity bonus or whatever and yeah. right and I'm, but that's already there with like a lot of the le- like with leveling in general. Like, I just want one more level so I can get the next level. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, can you buy packs of those somewhere? Or Um, I don't think you can buy packs. There's lots of ways they reward them to you um, through, like, the um, the season pass. And they've added those legendary perk cards. So when you get cards you don't want, you can trade them in for coins and then, like, upgrade your legendary perk cards. Yeah. Which seem to be much more permanent than the... Yeah, I don't know. It seems like a weird gamification of leveling up that... Yeah, that, that sounds good on paper and like, but in practice, it just kind of becomes, I don't know, cumbersome. I, don't, I guess. Yeah, I I don't think it necessarily works either, but I don't blame them for trying something new. No, 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 and yeah. it's not it's not like a bad idea, and I think it is yeah. interesting. It's just, it's not the Fallout level up system. If that is what yeah. Fallout had been and, the whole time, no one would have a 
and just in practice, it was really, it's just odd. Like, again, like with the lock picking, with building, like you can get perks that make your armor or your weapons better when you build them. Well, people just flip them out when they're not building armor and weapons and just yeah. flip them back in. And it's more of like a hindrance to my fun. Um, it almost seems like if they want to do this perk card thing, they should have maybe had some that were in there and some that were permanent. Uh, mm-hmm. Some that were cards and some that were permanent. Like, my lock picking should just be my lock picking. Don't make me, you know, be like, oh, this is my best combat build and my best lock picking, armor building, base building build. Um, they are adding in the new patch that you can have different builds that you can flip out of. Um, so that'll be better. You know, if you're at your base, you can go, all right, I want my armor, my crafting build right now, and yeah, I'm leaving. I want my combat build. But it is probably, and again, it's not like, the end of the world but it's probably my least favorite part of the whole game yeah i mean it's it's like i said it's just different so like it's mm-hmm. not bad it's just different and it's i don't know not as i uh, i don't know i would say it's not as simple but i mean you can get pretty in-depth with just kind of numbers on a screen leveling too so yeah but yeah, i think I the know. other benefit is that it's in some ways it's kind of like a auto you can respec at any moment as long as your skills fall within, you know, that. Yeah. Those well, it's like a good way of like, like letting you do that as well. So like, if you don't particularly, f- or you're not overly fond of lockpicking or whatever, and you don't s- see that as your character's kind of end goal, having the option, if your perception is high to be able to like swap that in when you need it is, I mean, it's an interesting and cool kind of like thing because like, correct me if I'm wrong, like you put levels into the different categories, uh, and those don't change. Just the perks that you can get with the cards, and yep, so correct. each card takes up a certain number of points that you have uh, put into that specific skill category. And so, like, so say you have yeah three perception, uh, and you have two cards that give you rifle uh, bonuses. So that's like merge into one card that costs two points. And then you have a pistol one, and so you get up to like a lockpick, and you're like, "Oh, I have two lockpicking cards. I can swap these in." So you wouldn't be able to yeah. swap in for like a fourth level lockpick because you wouldn't have enough points. Yeah, I don't know if there's fourth level lockpicking or not, but uh, no, no, the lockpicking is all weird. That's a terrible example because, um, that's those cards are different than the rest of the cards too, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's all very confusing. <laughs> they don't tell you so. Every other card, like you said, Clinton, like if I have, I'll have a level one, your melee does 5% more damage. Then I get another level one, your melee does 5% more damage. I can merge them together and I get your melee does 20% damage. So there's three levels of lockpicks. There's one, two, and three in the game. You get your lockpick and it says like uh, pick level one lockpicks. So if you get a second one, you would think that you would merge them together to do two. You do not. You have to wait until you're a certain level to get another singular one cost card that says you are now able to pick level two. Yeah. So it happened to me on my first build. I forgot to tell Neil, and I think you did the same thing. Me? No. Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's now picked a second lockpick. Yeah, a dead card that he can't do anything with. Yeah. 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 So it's just, and it's just a frustrating they don't tell you. Yeah. So, but other than that, I'm like having, I'm having, I'm lot of fun with it it's definitely not perfect but it just it just has good loops 
I, it doesn't make sense to me either why they would do it that way, because like if someone wants to lockpick level three chests or whatever, the chests are determined as you open them. Because like Neil was opening level three safes, and as I'm running around, it's not like I was getting level fifty stuff out of the safes. Yeah. I'm still getting like stuff for my level out of them, so I don't understand yeah. why they would. Uh, I don't know. Artificially lock, lock behind. I don't really do lockpicks because I haven't found that there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And have you have you lock picked? First, I have two questions now. Have you picked a lock and found anything really good in one? And second, have you noticed that difference between level zero, one, two, and three of how much stuff is in them or how good the stuff is? No, it it, it seems to be pretty <sighs> random. The only thing I will say is there's been a couple points where I've been able to skip like fetch quests and other part of the other parts of the story by having level two or level three lock picking. Which is pretty in line with skill checks in Bethesda games. If you've put enough into charisma or intelligence, sometimes you just don't have to do a favor for someone. Yeah. That's yeah. been the biggest thing I've noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, for sure. And um, speaking of that, I've, I've also enjoyed, since I've had Wastelanders and had actual players, they actually did a pretty good job and more, more towards New Vegas, I would say, um, of having like, skill checks and conversations i've gotten more information or skipped parts of quests or you know my guys has strength so the thing is that i was trying to play a character that was like nice but a lot of the strength things are give me what you have or i'll hurt you yeah <laughs> so it doesn't quite work but i found like a door like even just there was a door the other day i couldn't open or that was like jammed shut and i had an option to um either use my uh strength to pry it open or use my intelligence to fix it um, so like even that little stuff is kind of cool to find now in this game. Definitely. So and at the end of the day, just to put a period on it, I finally feel like I've gotten my $60 worth out of it. So yeah. I could stop playing it today and I'd be finally happy and fulfilled two and a half years later or however long. <laughs> I don't know if yeah. I, however, it is a game pass, or... so you were already paying for it in way. Like, I don't know how I ended up with, I'm trying to figure out how like how I ended up with uh how I ended up with it cuz I don't think I bought it but I like I had played it well, before I it, so I don't pass. know. No, cuz I it's been game pass a few times though. Okay. I think. Yeah, they I put it on and then took it off. Okay. So I might have Yeah. Yeah. Um now, I mean, I'm I'm really interested in I know Neil just tried to put a period on this, but I'm really interested to see what happens with the Microsoft ownership of it. Because um, you look at some of their other games as a service, like Sea of Thieves, and they get really nice content updates a lot, you know, like pretty pretty consistent. Um, and one thing about Fallout is people complain about the fact that there's not a lot of content updates. They usually only do like four a year, and that they're usually pretty small compared oh, to other yeah. yeah other other live service games. So um, it'll be interesting. And then I don't know if they're in a <laughs> microsoft so i don't know if they have a list of things they need to go down or you know what what exactly it is before they hit that and say hey this is what we need to do but it will it will be interesting so even like the atom shop like some of the stuff that comes up it's changes every week sometimes it'll come up and people will be like what is like i will give you money for really cool stuff but this is not cool stuff like yeah. this is just really dumb so uh yeah we'll see where it goes uh, any other games that you guys been playing? That's it for me. Same. 
same, just been grinding out the fallout. Um, all right, so this week I'm going to talk about uh, a book I read um, called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier. Um, great book. First off, just want to want to start off talking a little bit about Jason Schreier. Um, he is a probably one of the top um, gaming journalists around. He used to work for Kotaku. Um, now he works for oh shoot, what's uh I'm blanking on what he works for now, but he um, works for another. Uh, journalist does interest not magazine but online um what is it let me figure out what he does. Oh, he worked for bloomberg he, for a bit bloomberg thank you that's what he works okay. for now he works for bloomberg um doing video game reporting um he when he was with kotaku he used to do a podcast called um split screen split screened uh with kirk hamilton uh they have both left kotaku and they have a podcast called triple click uh with uh, Kirk Hamilton, Jason Schreier, and Maddie Myers, who have all been in the video game industry. Um, he's also very pro-unionization uh, for um, for these game companies and talks a lot about the negative effects of crunch. And that's kind of like one of his main things he really pushes for is unionization and crunching and things. So... Um, really, really great guy to follow on Twitter. Uh, he gets great inside information about stuff about video games uh, from anything about like what crunch was like that he had things about what the development about um cyberpunk was like and uh i think he kind of blew up the whole thing around uh rockstar and their crunch around red dead redemption 2 and all that so uh pretty cool guy to follow uh, along with if you're interested in game development unionization things like that so blood sweat and pixels is a game about or a book about game development and about how difficult it is so it, it kind of starts off with just an intro saying almost every game doesn't get made <laughs> like every game comes up to the the wire basically and there's very few games that release and where everyone's comfortable with it so it kind of reminded me i did a kind of a book report on another a thing called like the history of video games uh, but it reminded me of that, but much better. So every chapter is based around a, uh, a a game. So there's a chapter on Pillars of Eternity, Uncharted 4, Stardew Valley, Diablo 3, Halo Wars, Dragon Age Inquisition, Shovel Knight, Destiny, The Witcher 3, and Star Wars 1313. Um, so I really like that kind of style because every chapter kind of felt like a, just its own standalone story. Uh, so if you're like reading before you go to bed, you can read one and then move on, you know, then go to bed, read one every night. And it's not like you have to remember like some kind of through line. Uh, but each one just kind of talks about the struggles of development. And as from the list of games I read, you can tell it's all about different kinds of games. So he's got Stardew Valley, this indie game that's made by one person. Shovel Knight, this small indie game that's made by like a, a team. He's got um, Halo Wars. Uh, these triple a like strategy games and dragon age inquisition and the witcher 3 and star uh star wars thirteen thirteen. the last one was actually a game that got canceled so he kind of files the stories of these games and they're really interesting uh some of them are are there's kind of twist and turning in a lot of the ways in some of these things um and if you know if you like these games it's really interesting to learn about the development uh I, I really enjoyed some of my favorites were uh, the chapter on um, The Witcher 3 was really interesting to hear about 
uh, CD Projekt Red coming from a very small team and unknown. You know, The Witcher 1 and 2 were not huge games. And CD Projekt Red was actually um, just a company that would buy the rights and sell video games like for the first time legally in their country. Um, people used to just pirate the crap out of them and they decided to make like a good, you know, like people wanted quality games and when they started making games and how that development went and how they barely crossed the finish line at the end and tried to make it, you know, the biggest game ever. And uh, Stardew Valley, I love that game. So hearing the um, story of Concerned Ape and how he quit his job and and to, to make a, a video game um, based off of a game that he loved as a child, uh, just really interesting. And how he had millions and millions of dollars and didn't never had that kind of money before, so he didn't know what to do with it. So when Jason Schreier interviewed him and they went to go to a game developer conference together, he was still driving like a 90s vehicle where the passenger side door didn't open. And Jason was like, are you going to get a new car or get that fixed? He was like, I haven't really thought about that yet. And he's sitting on like $7 million that he earned in like five months. Um, so all really interesting uh, stories. I definitely recommend this uh, to anyone that's interested in game development. Um, and if you if any of those games that I listen, or listed are something that you're interested in, definitely check out the development um, process behind it. Uh, it doesn't really push either way. Um, about crunch because we did an episode on crunch before am i right or we've, we've talked about it at least we've talked about it ad nauseum yeah yeah um it doesn't really push either way because you know it is tough to say if it's good or bad because i i think that um it can it can be bad you know obviously sometimes people don't see their families for a long time they're not getting sleep it's affecting people's health and relationships and when it's pushed that far it, it, it can be really bad and there are instances of this in this book um, but overall, it does say that some form of crunch is always going to kind of happen to creative teams uh, when they're close to the end and how much is too much and where's that line. Um, and it really talks a lot about the the merging of video games and how it's such an interesting art form because it's, it's technology and business and art all put together. Uh, and how, how it can just kind of come, how putting those things together can get really messy and it's not as clear cut as like a movie or, or a painting um where you have a schedule and you have you know the cameras and you you shoot it and have a vision and, and do it and put it out it's you know having the right engine and making sure things work correctly you know movies aren't released with bugs um and, and music isn't released with bugs uh video games are and there's a reason for that because it's, it's hard to merge all these things so I, I would just uh, definitely check this one out. He's got another one coming out soon. Game of Thrones got released with bugs. <laughs> it it did. Um, didn't they? Uh, I had the, there was like a Nalgene in a shot and there was a Starbucks cup. Mm -hmm. and just like on one of the old dining tables. Yeah. It for happens. Sure. For sure. Um, the new one is called Press Reset, Ruin and Recovery in the Video Game Industry. So um, that one comes out May 11th. So I'm really excited about that. Um, it's pretty easy to read. You know, it's not going to take you, they're not going to go in depth on how many frames per second and what engine could run that and how the difficulty, it's not going to do that. You know, they might say this engine they had wasn't doing what they wanted, so they had to rebuild the whole engine um, or whatever, but it's not going to 
not going to overwhelm you with any like technical things that they went through. Uh, uh, oh, and one more shout out on, on as far as chapters, the Destiny one was insane. The uh, the split between Microsoft and Bungie and how that happened, and Bungie's um, attempt to start their own studio or to be an independent studio and the difficulties of that and uh, what they thought it would be like. Uh, basically, Bungie had a whole new staff by the time from when they left Microsoft to that, the time that the first Destiny came out and just hearing about um, everything. That 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 chapter is a lot about ego, I'll, I'll say. So it's fun. Um, yeah, any, so any this questions sounds, or thoughts? This sounds this? very like... Uh, so this is a very... I don't know what the word. It sounds like an interview-oriented book. Yeah, so I don't want to say like it's a. It, there's quotes and stuff from people, but it's not like you're going to be reading like, oh, this whole page is like an interview with somebody. Yeah, I'm just wondering how he gets. Yeah, yeah, because that would be that would be a documentary. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that's especially going far, going as far back to well, I mean, like the original Destiny and some of those other games you mentioned are pretty old, so. I was wondering how he got the how he got the information, but yeah, it it must just be older interviews that he's transcribed into a more narrative format. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, and I know that like um, Jason, I think I towards the end of the book, if you really want to go and figure out uh, where he got everything, I think he puts like this was in an interview from this. He's got all his sources at the end, and um, he is a journalist after all. Yeah, this figure is according to Todd Howard, the director of Skyrim, who mentioned it in a November 2016 interview with the website Glixel. So he pulls things from everywhere. Um, one thing that Jason does when he writes is, you know, he keeps um, his sources anonymous if they don't want to be, you know, brought out because he is a journalist. Fear of backlash. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a few <laughs> of those in there. Um, not as many because of the games are out and some of these people have moved on, but there's a few according to an anonymous source from Bungie or whatever, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, so they might still work there or whatever, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I sat down reading this book being like, I think I'm going to, you know, learn a little bit about game development. And I really like Jason Schreier. Uh, and I was like just recapping some of the chapters to Courtney it's like some of the stuff that happened was insane. Like lots of lots of drama in some of the chapters. And some of them are really nice. Like the one about Stardew Valley. You're like, oh, that guy took a chance and everything was really great. And he seems like a nice, wholesome dude. And then some of them you're like, wow, some of these game developers are dickheads. <laughs> so yeah. Um my list. Uh, uh and that's definitely on my list. And Untrouding the mystery that is game development uh is it would be really interesting um yeah just working in my i've never really put that together that this is you know this is technology and you know this is coding and art and all these different things put together uh and that crunch is obviously in- inevitable but uh like just in my limited field i'm just mixing art and advertisement art being you know film in some sense um you know film and advertising and even just those two things like as something what's what's the saying it gets a lot better or it gets a lot worse before it gets better like the step before 
you put things together and it becomes a finished product project it's just terrifying like yeah you feel like i've done four days of work to have this and but really you're like you're four hours away from everything starting to click and coming together and i'm sure that's kind of the crunch phase where if you don't get the time you need to to connect all the dots and you know fill all the ports that's where you catch mistakes that's where you you tweak a little last things that you think can really you know uh, kind of affect the polish of the entire picture if you don't get that time then yeah you end up with you know insert game title here yeah yeah that was it was really interesting i started reading it like right around the release of cyberpunk and you start to re- read this stuff and you're like okay so we ha- almost every game is this close to being a cyberpunk <laughs> debacle yeah. um and yeah and not to mention like you were saying everything coming together you have all these different people who have all these different skills and um having those people work together is it was an interesting thing to read about you know you have these artists who draw concept art and then you have to have digital artists who take it and put it on a frame and then you have to have someone that makes it so that frame can move around and when you shoot it numbers pop off of it and to have like that's all that has to go together and it's it's pretty interesting and uh just the fact that games ship with bugs, developers know they're going to ship with bugs, and the director has to go from thing to thing and say, "You got to stop working on this. This is the best it's going to be. You got to. We have to. You have to start doing this other thing. Ship that part of the game." Um, like that was really interesting. What that and people have ideas that you know get thrown out all the way, or they didn't have enough time to do it. Um, but it, a lot of that kind of stuff of like they say art's never finished like i found out the job of a game director is to go that's finished you have to stop <laughs> like yeah the the water looks as good as we're gonna get it to look and the waves interact with the the shore the best they're gonna at this time you need to work on the next thing so it it, it was pretty uh pretty interesting when it comes to that kind of stuff and the fact i mean there's a lot about higher ups you know the the executives coming down and saying you need to have it on this day and the deals that they make with with the the, you know people say this all the time but when it comes like cyberpunk 2077 don't be mad at the developers they wanted the game to be good they wanted more time but somewhere said somewhere somebody said this needs to come out on this day and you know they already had a delay um but they really have to work stuff out you know they have to go to you know, someone at Blizzard might not be done with the game. They have to go, hey, I need this much more money and this much more time. And they can say no. And then you just have to release the game in the state it's in. And uh, hopefully we're going to see less of that, I think, because Cyberpunk was such a debacle. Uh, that's one thing that Jason Schreier has actually been reporting on is the fact that this year we're not going to get a lot of video games for two reasons. Uh, they're delayed because of COVID. Uh, and it's tough to have everybody working from home and collaborate. And number two is everyone saw Cyberpunk and said, we can't let this happen to us. Like, um, you know, it, hopefully, you know, it, it's a shame that it had to get so bad to, uh, to you know, get that through to the higher ups. But, I mean, we were talking about Fallout 76 and all these games uh, that didn't work at the beginning. And eventually they get better, but we don't want that to be the model either. Yep. And I, I think 
Someone's going to do it again, but I do think that execs are smart people. They might make dumb decisions, but they know that, you know, it's only going to take a couple more cyberpunks for an unorganized uh, unorganized community like ours to finally have, say, enough is enough, or at least get, you know, an, enough people on board that their game takes V hit, where... There is no turning around where there is no fixing it, where you yeah. just have a multi-million dollar loss. Well, I mean, Anthem, EA has just, just decided. Yeah, it's done. It's done. Well, you don't have the resources to turn this thing around. And as we know from uh, gaming journalists, that was the plan the whole time. Yeah. Was to, we need to get this out. We're going to release it and have it be okay. And then we'll just fix it like they did No Man's Sky. And I think they're starting to find, like, you can't do that with everything. Anthem. You know, they're quitting on that. Um, I mean, Neil and I, we, we played and enjoyed Avengers, but, I mean, the the player numbers are abysmal. Like, nobody plays that game. It came out, it was so mediocre that people, even when they put DLC out, it takes, like, a couple hours to beat, so the numbers will pop up, and then it will just go down to having, like, single digits again. Like, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. And I think that, you know, game companies are starting to see that. And we're kind of talking talking about, I don't, you know, games I think are solidified now, but we're kind of almost seeing like a, um, like late 80s, early 90s kind of thing of, of too many games that are, with not enough quality uh, again. And it's, and if your game isn't good when it comes out, it can be forgotten now because yep. another game will come out and it might not even be a AAA game. The next Stardew Valley could come out, and people will forget about the AAA game that that was, you know, a six. So, um, well, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on my list, and yeah, his other book comes out in May. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that one. So, um, I haven't read much about it. I know <laughs> I'm gonna read it anyway, just because I really like Jason Schreier. Um, but with it being about ruin and rebuilding and all that i wonder if it's going to talk about what we're talking about now I, about games coming out and being bad and trying to be fixed i'd be interested to to read a autobiography on jason trier i mean the the video game industry and as a whole like there is no kind of not that he is like a collective voice but he's clearly one that actually cares about the concerns of the industry rather than you know todd, todd howard cares about Bethesda. And he should. I'm not saying he should be the voice that calls for unionization or brings up other issues, but we don't really have that other than like teenage video game streamers who, you know, know as much as we do, just yelling it to their into the vacuum yeah. of their viewership. That's another thing I like about Jason is like he's a journalist. He's a journalist who writes about video games. You know, he's yeah. not he's not a YouTube personality who's gonna have some kind of clickbait thing who's gonna be like I'm the I'm the angry guy, and I hate Xbox, and I love PlayStation, and or vice versa, and just has clickbait. Like, what did Sony do this week? Like, it's so the opposite of that. It's actually really good information about what it's like to work at these companies and what um, what their cultures are like, and and, and things like that. And uh, yeah, I think I think he's great. If you're a Twitter person, follow him on Twitter. Um, otherwise, you know, check out his stuff on Bloomberg. Um, yeah, he wrote something about uh, cyberpunk and the fact that you know a lot of the devs knew it wasn't ready, but 
but they didn't have a, a choice. Um, that was one of his more recently recent large ones. But um, yeah, yeah. So check check out this book for sure. If you're uh, easy read, fun read, uh, if you're into games. Cool. Yeah. All right. A little shorter episode this week, but that's okay. I got stuff to do. Let's get Clinton back sure to his vacation. <laughs> yeah, Clinton. <laughs> Good, Clinton, back to his vacation. So, anything else before we take off? I love you. Love you too, buddy. Not you. <laughs> oh, okay. You're telling, telling the audience you love him. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, he's right. telling me. Love you too, Clinton. <laughs> uh, so, happy birthday to Clinton yeah. on an unspecified upcoming date so we don't spill all his secrets. Yeah, it'd be rude to just presume that I'm okay with it. Keep I didn't tell anyone you had COVID, Dan. I did. <laughs> That's okay. I'm not ashamed of it. Um, you should be. All right. You filthy anti-masker. Dan's not an anti-masker. I just went down to Florida and hung out in clubs <laughs> without a mask. What's the problem? <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, you can always send us things at GameGoosePodcast at gmail.com. I'm just going to say things. I don't care what you send yeah, us. Yeah, send us fan art of yeah. Neil's beard. <laughs> what? I was, this- gonna, I was going to ask you if you started conditioning your beard or something. It just looks extra angular today. It looks very good. No, I cut it last week, but uh, I messed with the setting on my camera, and it's all fucked up is why it looks so dark and full. It does look dark and full. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might want to keep that setting. Yeah. All right, folks. We're send out. Us, send us fan art of beards and me as a plague rat. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>